welcome to the Fashion Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a social media platform where women can consume and create content. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck. I'm here with Julia, the chief marketing officer at Fashion Potluck. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And our guest for today, Nanette Hocherforst. She's running a startup in sustainable fashion. She's also the founder of fashion platform Our World, and she's the editor-in-chief of Our World magazine. Welcome, Nanette. Hi, thank you. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Nanette, could you tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm Nanette. I'm 35 years old. I live in Amsterdam. Um, I've always had a passion for dance and fashion, and I've always been very socially engaged. So when I was young, I was a member of the um, World Foundation for Nature, and then I got uh, uh, I supported Amnesty International, and when I was 19, I even joined a political party and became active in the local uh, uh, in local politics. Um, yeah, and and I've, yeah. Next to that, I was always working in fashion boutiques. So um, on Saturday, next to my studies, I would help customers to um, to get the perfect outfit for a party or um, a wedding, or uh, just because they wanted some wanted to have something new. And I found it always, um, yeah, um, it was always like a, a present when you opened the box with the new collections and you saw how the, all the clothes, uh, all the new styles, how the materials were made. I always enjoyed that very, very much. And next to that, I, yeah, I was socially engaged. So um, I traveled and did volunteer work for HIV/AIDS clinic and uh, was an intern also in Amnesty, Fashion, um, Amnesty International in the Philippines. And um, yeah, on a certain moment, I studied communications and worked in the financial sector. I sort of combined sustainability and fashion together into what's now fashion platform our world and which one of the things that we do is the is the magazine um yeah for the rest um yeah i uh, uh i love living in amsterdam uh just doing drinks i love cycling over the canals um i'm always curious so i go a lot to museum or concerts okay. and uh, Enjoying life, practically. Yeah, enjoying life in Amsterdam. That's really nice. Uh, on your website, it says that your family lived in Philippines for years, where they experienced what it's like when water, energy, and food are not always present in abundance, right? Did and in which way this kind of shaped you to choose a career in sustainability? Well, I'm not sure how it, yeah, directly shaped my career, but they always sort of raised this because they're they're Dutch. I'm I'm adopted. They're they're Dutch, but they uh, lived and worked there for uh, the government. Uh, and they lived also in rural area, um, so not not in the city. And when they um, yeah moved back uh, in the Netherlands, uh, we, I was then two years, so I don't remember that much from the Philippines. Okay. But they always raised this, um, you know, sort of telling us that you know running water is not standard everywhere in the world. So when we were showering after five minutes, my mom or dad would knock on the door like, "You're clean." You know, you don't need to be in the shower for 20 <laughs> minutes. After five minutes, you're clean. Yeah. Um, so, but also with food, you know, you, um, my father was always like, you know, you know, uh, you can look at the date, of course, but you can also just taste. And if it tastes fine and if it smells fine, you can still eat it. You know, it's a waste to just throw it away because there's a date on it. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so totally like normal. Yeah, sometimes I, I later on I had like friends with boyfriends and they were like, "Oh, it's already the date, so I just throw it away." And it was like, "No, no way!" Yeah. You know, you just have to see if it really, if it's if if it still smells good and and tastes good, it's probably still good. Exactly. Um, so they always raised us with that, you know, that that's 
important to be aware that not everywhere in the world you have these things in abundance and that we yeah, should be sort of thankful for that. And that does, of course, influences you, but they never pushed us into a certain career or anything. So maybe it was a little bit of the background and maybe a little bit of my own personality that got me into a career um, yeah, that was um, focused on sustainability. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I believe it's always, always so important to kind of like start teaching your kids from a very young age about sustainability because then it comes naturally in a way. Um, so you started Our World magazine two years ago. What was the precise goal? Well, at that moment, the goal was, and the goal is still that I really would love that people are more conscious about what they, what clothes they buy and how they wear it and how they manage their wardrobe. But I didn't really know how because, uh, of course, I worked a lot with clothing boutiques like many others do, but I, I did have a career in fashion. I worked for around seven years in the financial sector in communications and I combined that with sustainability projects. But the fashion sector was kind of like an unknown territory. So um, I had this idea that I wanted to contribute somehow, uh, but didn't know yet exactly how. So. Um, I coming from communications, I've made magazines, online magazines before because the our magazine is only online available. Um, I thought this is a good opportunity to, to grow my network, to learn more about the sector, to talk to people, mm-hmm. see if I really like this, see if I can find like a hook that's interesting to uh, ultimately not just have a magazine, but also I contribute in a more concrete way in, in helping people to uh, dress and uh, buy more uh, sustainable yeah, sustainable clothing. Okay, and what uh, is your role precisely in the in the magazine? Well, um, I, I, practically uh, it, it's I do it on my own, but sometimes I have an intern or sometimes I have a volunteer or sometimes I work with um, columnists, it kind of depends. Um, uh, but at this moment, so I, I'm the founder, I'm the owner, so I'm practically involved in everything. everything okay. uh, but at this moment, um, I, I'm, I'm working on a sustainable fashion gift card. So mm-hmm. uh, after you know writing for the magazine and thinking, okay, what could be that concrete way that I could contribute? Uh, I wanted to be positive. I wanted to be easy, and I also wanted to sort of yeah um, inspire people to get out of their comfort zone. Because a lot of people do want to be more sustainable in how they dress, but you know, they don't know how. They yeah. don't know how, but or they, or they want to make an effort. Yeah. yeah, because they're busy, and I understand that you are. Or busy. it's more expensive yeah. for now. Exactly. But I'm curious. It's it's an online magazine, yeah. right? And uh, does every person have uh, access to it? Yeah, it's it's complete for free. Also, because uh, I hope that you know I I can inspire, but also inform people with it and share the knowledge um, through the people I interview. And I, I really want it to be for, for everyone. If you really want to say, like, okay, I want to contribute to people dress more consciously, you know, it should be for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it, should, it shouldn't be for a limited number of people who maybe have the money or are that yeah. interested. So, and basically yeah. you create all the content yourself or with the help of an intern. Um, basically, most of the content is all of myself, but I've worked earlier with columnists. I, I stopped doing that because we were yeah, going to a little bit of a um, other direction. So when I started with uh, like six columnists and then I also worked in, with an intern and volunteers and they sort of come and 
come and go. So what I do with the magazine, I write about trends and developments in the fashion industry and I interview next fashion talents. Okay. Um, so the trends and developments, I usually pick like um, a, a topic I think, hey, this is relevant. So we made one series about fashion education. So I interviewed academics. Mm -hmm. um, I had um, a series about fashion and transparency. And uh, what's new is that if I have uh, a series, then I also um, combine it with an event. So Fashion okay. Transparency, end of May, we had an event about it. We're now working on a uh, series about fashion rental services because you suddenly see a rise of, of startups across the world. In the, the Netherlands world. as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely also in the Netherlands. So we had an event uh, around uh, one week ago. Um, and the Transparency um, series, um, the introduction article it gives an overview of what's happening in the market i created together with a volunteer and a fashion rental services the, um, one of the articles that still need to be published was to create it together also with the intern now it's summer so the intern mm -hmm. stopped so now for september i will yeah. look for for a new person to uh, to join me. Okay, okay interesting. Cool. But, but uh, yeah so <laughs> i was i was really curious about the gift card how does it function so you give someone purchases the gift card and then they can use it in only sustainable stores or? Yeah, I'm currently doing, well, I did all the market research and I'm currently doing acquisition. So the idea is you can uh, just uh, buy it mm -hmm. um, and then you can just use it at fashion stores, physical stores, web shops, brands and experiences. An experience are, for instance, a session at a sustainable fashion stylist, or maybe okay. you want to learn how to sew, or you want to know how to upcycle your wardrobe. So you can also um, use your gift cards at workshops, for instance. Oh, it's really um, interesting. And the idea was also because um, it's practically the fashion shack, but then for sustainable mm -hmm. initiatives in, in fashion. And I didn't want it to be all about buying, 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 yeah. because the idea was always it should also be about more conscious uh, about how, how, how you're um, wearing your clothes, buying your clothes, but also treating your wardrobe. Mm -hmm. So that's why I added the experiences layer to it. And uh, your your platform and uh, your magazine particularly is up for two years already. Yeah. What kind of feedback are you receiving? What do people say about it? Well, mostly the, the articles, the, the well, most articles I write are pretty pretty long and are long reads. And really is it in English or Dutch? It's English Dutch. So it, sometimes if I do an interview with someone who is Dutch, I do the interview in Dutch, write it in Dutch, and I translate it to English. Yeah. But if someone is English, I just do it in English. So it's kind of bilingual. But I started with mostly Dutch, but now I think it's, yeah, the articles I write are maybe 70% English now okay. and 30% Dutch. Um, so um, the longer I read articles that really gives a lot of insight, I usually get a feedback that was really insightful and it really sort of, you know, inspired people to, to think differently. And it's also, yeah, what, what my goal is. I don't make listicles on how to dress constantly mm -hmm. in five ways. I usually take a topic and zoom in into the topic, give an overview of what's happening, give an overview of what's the current situation on that topic in fashion and yeah, people who are interested or professionals working in fashion read it and I get back that it's usually very relevant for, for them. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. Uh, in recent years, there has been really an increasing coverage actually on environmental and ethical concerns within the fashion industry. But what's the kind of current situation in your opinion? Are there any improvements in the industry? 
Well, if you look at 2013, when Rana Plaza, the, mm-hmm. the clothing factory Bangladesh, of course, yeah. 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 I think since then, it was really a wake-up call for both consumers, or at least a particular um, yeah, audience, um, and also the fashion industry that, okay, hey, we, we need to change something. So a lot of things have happening um you know much more companies are more transparent you see much more startups that really try to do things differently so there have been a great change on the other hand um like there was just recently was um with um around the copenhagen summit there was a report um released that sort of measured okay how fast are we actually changing as a fashion industry mm-hmm. And um, in earlier in the earlier year, so in 2017, um, well, they had like a, a measurement. Okay, you know, we we accelerate with X number of points. And in 2018, they did the research again. And they actually said instead of we're still accelerating in the initiatives and um, um, that we're transforming as an industry, we're actually sort of slowing down. Oh, really? But did so, you know what? Why? Or how how why is that happening? Well, I'm not sure why we're we're, we're slowing down exactly, but it it sometimes it feels like there's a lot of attention now to it. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of media attention, um, a lot of uh, companies like H and M or Zara. You know, they oh no, Zara not the much, Zara, but at least H and M is really making a statement. So sometimes you may feel oh, there's really happening a lot. Maybe it makes people also a little bit lazy, maybe. Yeah. Um, that they have the feeling, okay, there's already happening a lot. We can be a little bit more chill about it. But I, I really I really don't think so. Uh, I think from all the garments, uh, which was published in the Anna MacArthur report, um, that are going to be recycled into new clothes is actually less than 1%. So wow. uh, that's, yeah. you know, if, if we're still there, if that's like the standard and we're already slowing down, um, I think it should be faster. And what you also see is there a lot of innovations going on, which I think is really, really good. But you also see it's really hard for these innovations to get investments to really yeah, make sure that they're expensive as well. Yeah, that they that the companies expand or that innovations um, are upscaled. And yeah, if that doesn't happen, then um, of course, then at the end it, it will be yeah change will will, mm-hmm. will be harder to accomplish. At, at the end, you also need money to change things, and if those small companies with those innovations have a hard time to get funding. It's um, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be tricky in how fast are we are we transforming. But I don't want to be that gloomy. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of innovations going on, so um, there is definitely something happening. If you see, for instance, I think transparency is is uh, really uh, essential for for being more uh, sustainable because if you don't know what's happening in your supply chain and where it's happening in supply chain it's really hard to improve mm-hmm. um, the um, labor conditions for instance or the the pollution uh, and you see with the fashion, fashion transparency index of fashion revolution that more and more companies are publishing their manufacturers yeah more and more companies even yeah. publishing their role where they uh, get the raw materials because the customers are really looking yeah, to because to there's know. customers uh, are yeah. demanding it more and more yeah um so they so they also feel like okay we we have to tell that story and i think that is really important because if we don't know what's happening then it's really hard to improve and you don't know where to improve mm-hmm. so you do see that that's that's happening but uh we, we're definitely not there yet yet yeah and definitely also if it's about recycling um like I think now Mud Jeans, which is um, a Dutch brand, uh, they're making jeans and now got like a million funding to really next year uh, create an, a jeans that is made from 100% recycled materials. 
I think that is a really good um, um, development because we already have so much material and so much clothes on this planet Earth. Yeah, now. that's true. Um, yeah. The question I have is, don't you think that recycling many times takes a lot of energy, which is also a little bit unsustainable? But at the end, everything uh, needs energy. Everything, like if we would use virgin cotton, you have a lot of, uh, you need a lot of water. If yeah, you absolutely. use virgin polyester, you still are dependent on crude oil. Yeah. yeah. I heard an opinion, um, uh, in actually in a, in a fashion school, I heard an opinion, I'm curious uh, to hear your thoughts on it, that one of the professors was sharing that um, maybe the, the circular economy doesn't exist because you still need energy for everything, so it's it will never be like 100% sustainable. So what he said, he, he had a thought that maybe it's better to take all these clothes that we have now burn them not just like you know put them on fire yeah. but burn them and use this energy transmit tra- transfer this energy into something else and like producing something else for for instance so not like waste this energy but actually to burn them so like remove them but then use this energy for something else what, what's what's your take on this well i'm not sure if, if you if you burn clothes you also burn a lot of resources and energy, you know, if, if we're talking about solar, if, uh, wind, I think that are much more, or I, I'm not a physicist, but I can imagine that this is a much more cleaner way to um, to get your energy. And I also think we should uh, much more invest in cleaner ways of getting our, mm-hmm. our energy. But it would, it would like kind of remove the problem of having so much uh, waste clothes. Like right now we have like piles and like which are like higher than buildings. Yeah, yeah but on the other hand, we also the, the, the population worldwide is of course growing in a yeah. very fast pace. Mm-hmm. All these people do need clothes. So we do yeah. need clothes. We just have right now too much of them and we have too much clothes that are not used. So I, one of the one of the things I think is that we probably have enough material to to remake a lot of mm-hmm. clothes. We probably well, there are no real figures about it, but um, using virgin material, if you see the piles that we already have, is probably not necessary. But the the technology to really recycle these new clothes into new clothes. Um, it's not as far yet. It's not as um, advanced yet that we can do that. That's why we only have less than one percent. It's only recycled. It's also yeah. the markets. Like you have a fiber sort machine in, yeah. in the Netherlands that you know um, sort of detects what kind of um, text uh, from the the, uh, the clothes from what fibers they're made, so you can recycle it more more easily. Um, but when they launched it, like a few, what is it? I think a year ago. They also said we also need to create more market. I mean, we can, you know, people have to give input, and yeah. if we're going to recycle it, then people have, have to want those, those fabrics that yeah. are recycled. Yeah, that's uh, the thing in the Netherlands. I feel like sustainability. There are so many initiatives to mm-hmm. uh, make fashion more sustainable, but then on the other side, uh, there are millions of pieces of clothing thrown away every year. Do you believe that people in the Netherlands are actually aware of the negative impact of fashion? Like, for instance. Uh, I keep seeing all these, yeah, sustainable, sustainable. But then uh, two months ago, Primark was opened in Utrecht. And now every day I see people with so many uh, Primark things. And I'm like, wow, like this is not really. uh..." I I think also research shows that the the awareness, you know, there's increasing awareness. And I think 
um, TV programs like Genite, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. do contribute yeah. to that. There's we a lot of media attention. had a girl who participated in yeah. Genite. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it does really help. Vepero, of course, had a really good uh, series about it. Uh, but there's also a difference between I know it somewhere and mm-hmm. act. And what you see is that there was also research about motivation about millennials that, you know, are supposed to be very green. Yeah. And what their findings were, yes, they are aware. They are, you know, they're thinking green. But if you look at their actual behavior, yeah. they're not it's as different. green as yeah. all the other um, um, audiences in the Netherlands. You know, so there's still this and this gap between yes, I'm aware, and yes, I'm going to act. We still have to bridge them somehow. I was going to ask you. Uh, wh- uh, sorry for interrupting, but yeah. what what do you believe we as consumers can change? Because, uh, like, if you look at media, yeah, media is is getting very sustainable, especially in this part of the world. But when you still look at um, bloggers and Instagrammers, exactly. the category clothing hole is still popular. And yeah. what it means is that a person goes to Primark, buys a bunch of stuff, and then showcases this. And I, I every day keep saying, like, oh, Zara sale looks... Uh, these say looks and how can we yeah because media is an important part mm-hmm. of our lives how as a cons- as a consumer can i change my behavior and change oh, the o- yeah. others yeah oh i think mindset is one of the yeah one of the most important things we have to change whether it's mindset of businesses or whether it's mindset of people and um the exact solution okay how can we change all these influencers that you know are keep posting every day and that's going to be be a, a really hard task and um it, it will it won't go overnight of course um but it is about at the end about the minds and chains and i don't know really the exact answer because if we would have the exact answer we would probably apply be it, able yeah. apply it and be yeah, able well, to okay. shift what, what can i start with for yeah. instance well i think uh everyone can start with you know uh when you buy something it's, it's really standard why will i buy something you know you have now the collection you know that has the the um the action that for three months you don't buy new yeah. uh, new clothes um but one of the things that I try to do with sustainable fashion gift card is that it's really hard to sort of that people from you know their own um, drive say okay from now on I'm gonna really change my behavior that's just really really difficult and also what I what I believe is that it always has this negative connotation it's like okay we're doing very bad to the planet okay so I have to change my my behavior as maybe sometimes also out of guilt or maybe as in compensation um, And I th- and I think if you would ask that from all the people around the world to to be that um, driven to make that decision, that's probably it's going to be really really difficult. Yeah. So that's also why I believe first, okay, companies should do something also out of themselves. The governments yeah. have a role, and yes, also consumers have a role. But we also have to help them, and we help them in have to help them in a smart way. So the gift card is also a nudge to sort of trigger people to make another decision because it's just really hard to make an different decisions completely out of your own um uh, yeah out of your in- initiative yeah um so i really believe in okay um well platforms as me but also maybe other companies you know find a nudge or find something that really concretely helps people to make a different decision because yes we can say okay you know on certain moment you just have to think do you really need that um garment but there is always a, a trigger that 
someone says, okay, I, I'm really going to think about it. That's not mm -hmm. because they just read it on a blog. It's usually a, document, a documentary, for instance, that they've seen and then sort of think about it. And then along the way, things happening in their life that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is really, really important. I should change. Yeah, but as you said yourself, like, yeah, we all know that. But the many, like, young people, millennials, I think you said, yeah. they, they don't do it. They know, but they don't. Hey, but I believe it's also because you don't have the you think that it doesn't i mean you don't see that it affects you directly no, no, as a person no, no. And like you yeah. see it as a whole yeah climate change uh, but uh, you don't see it okay I something think, is uh, happening i think this, this summer people start summer, feeling yeah. it yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true no yeah. that's why i said simple nudges like the Make like the collection you know yeah. that you really have the feeling okay with ten thousand people for three months we're going to be more conscious yeah you know and that three months of course it's not a solution to never buy any clothes but, but that three still. months you will experience like okay this is how it feels when i don't buy clothes for three mm -hmm. months and mm -hmm. it will sort of uh, hopefully the idea is that it stays with you like okay I can yeah. do without three months but you don't feel alone when you did it the three months because you were with 10,000 people yeah make so, it a trend so kind yeah. Of, yeah so and yeah. also so it, it, it's, it's kind <laughs> of like um, you give something for to someone that it's worthwhile of uh, making a change it's worthwhile making a change because you don't feel alone you do with a lot of people they also organize like little events around mm -hmm. it so it also gets a little bit of fun and with the gift cards is also it's a present that sort of inspires you to make another decision and if you don't do it you won't spend the 25 euros so it's also your thief of your own how much how much is the it. gift cards then oh you can just buy them from between 10 to 115 okay, euros so, so depending choose. on what you want okay so i think th those are I think the nudges that people have to come up with to really incentivize people to make different decisions and um, yeah what we can do of course is tomorrow I think about do I really need this black dress yeah. do I uh, you know if you throw uh, clothes away um, just think about okay don't uh, throw it in a bin but just put it in a container mm -hmm. or symphony yeah. so there's all these practical things you can do tomorrow you know mm -hmm. it's uh, you know look at the labels inside of clothing is it recycled is it maybe from organic cotton the only thing is yeah you can do it tomorrow but why would you do it yeah exactly <laughs> I, i'm curious what what are the sustainable habits you developed yourself can you share some of them well because um a lot of people of course say you know we shouldn't buy that much and i agree we shouldn't buy that much but I really like to vary what I wear. I don't mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want to have like 30 clothes to, to choose from, yeah. you know? Um, so um, I, I now rent my clothes at, at Lena, the fashion library, okay. because it allows me to change without, um, yeah, buying that much clothes all the time, mm -hmm. which then, you know, um, I wear most, I always wore most of my clothes, but I maybe worn it like once in three months because I had so, so much. Yeah. And then it lays dormant in your closet doing nothing while now you're in a sharing platform. Um, and you, you know, if I don't wear it, someone else can wear it. So it's better use. Um, so that's one of the things that I said, okay, I still want to have different styles. You know, I still want to look different every day. But how am I going to do it in a more sustainable way? And then my solution was, okay, I'm going to rent part of my wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Which also means I don't have to buy that much anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Because I will rent it there. And uh, one of the things I do, I do buy, of course, s stuff sometimes. But I have like once a year I can really go shopping. And the rest of the year it's more like either something breaks that you really need something else. Or I, I once I had a wedding and I really need to choose. 
um, but mostly it's like once a year I can buy something, the rest I rent, and in between the year I just buy what's what's needed what's at that necessary. time. And then I look for uh, sustainable brands or things are recycled or I look for secondhand. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm curious then, how do you see the future of the fashion industry? Well, I think until now it was always, you kind of had like one concept. So there was a shop that, you know, that, that bought in the clothes and then as a consumer you bought it and that's it. And there was uh, a secondhand market, which uh, a while ago was still quite small. Not everyone liked secondhand. And what I like about um, the developments right now is that it's actually changing. So this one concept, there are now more concepts because, you know, secondhand, um, the, the e-commerce market is really professionalizing. Mm -hmm. You know, United Wardrobe is doing a really, really great job. So you don't always have to go to, to this webshop or shop and buy something new. You know, you can go on platforms, you can go to rental. Maybe you want to lease your jeans or maybe uh, you've now also this concept of buying a basic t-shirt for 38 euros and when it's worn out, they give it back, they recycle it and you can get a new one for eight euros. So a lot of people have different habits in how they want to dress themselves. And before there was only one concept that sort of catered for that, which was also very unsustainable. And now we see more type of retail concept for the mm -hmm. consumer or how they consume fashion. And that way you can also think for yourself, okay, you know, I'm a consumer that does want to do various style. How can I do that in a more sustainable way? Oh, I can rent. Well, like yeah. 10 years ago, there was, there no, was no option. option. Yeah. You know, of course you could share with friends and stuff like that. And it was always happened. So I think also with the rise of more um, retail concepts, um, people, it's also, it's, I hope it's going to be easier for people to find a concept that suits their needs um, in a way that they consume fashion more sustainable. And then, of course, I hope that all these brands um, are really aware of, okay, then um, provide also clothing with sustainable material, make sure that they have... Um, labor conditions you know are, are, are well um 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 labor conditions are, are okay in the countries mm -hmm. where they produce so at the end you do it yeah you do you do have to do it together um so yeah i think the future um i hope um the fashion industry will become more sustainable i'm positive mm -hmm. um on the other hand the fashion industry also operates in the context of the world so it's not like um if, if the rest of the world you know, is going down, the fashion industry is doing okay. It's, you know, also the yeah. fashion industry is independent of what... Of course, of what, multiple factors. Of, of multiple yeah. factors. Um, but I think what, yeah, what's interesting is this, the, the more options that um, the market will give to the consumers. And how do you see the future of uh, your magazine and, and your platform? Well, uh, at this moment, uh, we still have the, the magazine online and will remain online. We also will keep it. But we're now working on a rebranding. And, and the, the idea is that in uh, September, October, the whole, the whole website will be focused on the sustainable fashion gift card where you can find the brands, um, where, uh, where, you can, where you can shop with card and without card of course and uh, where you can also read what's sustainable about them um and then you also have the magazine but it will be mm -hmm. more focused on the card um including content about the brands and then the magazine will also be living next to it um so people who are really really interested can also read about the, the trends and developments and all of that Okay, uh, could you recommend, uh, it's my personal question, could you recommend some of the sustainable brands that you like? 
Uh, I like I like merchants very much. I have to be honest. I have like twenty jeans, <laughs> so I I really would like to have merchants. It's just I have twenty jeans. You know, it's like, yeah. but I because but how they um, put their their um, what they do and how they do it. You know, they they really do it in a good way. Because sometimes you see brands, it's like, oh yeah, it's made for recycling. But you also need like a whole ecosystem around that mm-hmm. that actually makes your dreams recyclable. If it's recycled but nobody picks it up, you cannot exactly. leave it anywhere. It won't be recycled, you know. Um, and there's also the question: Will it be recycled into new clothes, or will it be downcycled to isolation material in in in, um, in another sector? And I think what they d- did, they they designed their their jeans to you know from to to be made from um, recycled materials, but they also designed like a whole ecosystem around it to also live up to their promise. And I think that's really, really strong. I really like Reformation, which is a US oh, brand. Yeah. And, you know, I think their, their styles is really, really feminine. It doesn't really um, uh, associates in anything with the, the, the more um, minimalistic, dusty, kind of boring style of sustainable fashion. And also how they um, they also have like created a ref scale and how they actually measure how are they more sustainable. I think they really set it up in a really, really good way. Um, they have really clear uh, criteria on what type of materials they use. Um, they have their own factory um, in California, um, how they, they produce in small quantities and then actually, you know, depending on what styles do really, really well, they produce more. Because they partly produce in their own factory, they can be very you know, fast and flexible yeah. with it. Um, and they have this, um, you know, they have this statement of their sustainable fast fashion brand, brand which I think I, is interesting uh, because slow fashion is great, but I don't think that the whole world can suddenly do with slow fashion. So a Reformation, I think I, I really like. Um, and another brand I um, I really like, for instance, Elsine um, Greenhuis, because uh, it's a Dutch brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 like Mudjins is affordable. Reformation is actually pretty affordable. Elsine Greenhuis is a little bit more expensive. But what you see is she's she's small. She's uh, deliberately small. She has really great design. She's already in the sustainable fashion industry. She's really one of the frontrunners. But she makes everything in the ateliers. If you order online, you have it with three to five, max five days. Okay. But she actually just made it on her own. Yeah. It's it's actually made to order. She also works with ateliers and and stuff like that. But uh, so that's also why she doesn't really have any ways. And if you're a small brand, you can actually. Apparently, work that way that and control every every segment yeah. of the yeah. So this, so she does. It's not like um, tailor made. Yeah. She just has small, extra small, and oh, as okay. soon as people sort of say, okay, I want to buy this, then um, then she just makes it, and then people have it uh, with with three days. Okay, cool. So. Oh, oh yeah, I actually forgot to, to say that, to be honest. It, it's also one of the things that uh, if you hear Nike or your Zara, you know, you have an you have an association with the brand. You like it or you don't like it, or you like the people who wear yeah. it, you don't like the people who wear it. Or, but with a lot of sustainable brands, they're still relatively unknown. So if you hear a brand called, I don't know, Yana, for instance, yeah. it is no sustainable brand, by the way. But then <laughs> there's like... There's no nothing. There's not. There's no yeah. bell ringing. You know, like okay, there's a brand. Yeah, I don't know it. Yeah, it's sustainable. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'm so sustainable. And, and then it stops. And I think yeah. the sustainable brands they need, you know, they need to create their own 
image and need to create their own. Well, at the same time, they and will and rarely be able to compete with Zara because, like, Zara is it's like huge. It's huge. Yeah, just because thing. of the yeah. production as well. Yeah. yeah, in every town and sustainable. If sustainable brand, I can't. If I cannot it's imagine huge, then it's yeah. Sustainable brand like follow the steps of Zara because if they open stores everywhere with so no, much. No, that's true. For yeah. instance, one one brand that sort of gets to that, like Vea, the you know the, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, Markle. That of course I make a Markle. Uh, when people hear Vea, they they, they, they suddenly have an idea. Sustainable. Yeah, yeah it's sustainable, but they also they they, they think of Mega Markle. They they sort of see the the sneaker. Um, so you see that you know that brand gets kind of like loaded with content. And but it's because probably because of people like Meghan Markle. Exactly. Yeah, because, yeah. But yeah. And Una's point is right that uh, if we could change the behavior of influencers, then people would follow them because they are a huge influence. The media itself is a huge influence on all of us. Uh, some of the, some of people are more resistant to this, some are less. But it is a huge influence, and every day I still see this. Like I thought, it's out of fashion to do this Primark and Zara hauls. No, 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 people still do. See it. Yeah, I still yeah. see. It. I, yeah, yesterday yeah. I saw three posts yeah. like that. Yeah. But you also it's see it, it's really interesting because you kind of see two streams, and on the other hand, you see still like faster and faster. Like the fast, there are faster fashion brands that are in competition for the fast fashion brands. On the other hand, you see people like Greta. You see people protesting on the Mali field, you yeah, know? Yeah. So sometimes it's it's really contradictionary. You see this is going too faster and you see actually also a stream of people, young people that are very conscious. So I'm not sure when and how they they meet or somewhere or but like our, yeah, our Zara's yeah. and Primarks are so full yeah. of people. It's, it, I was yeah. so sad. Scary. I was yeah. so sad because as I mentioned two, three months ago, in Utrecht and like the Netherlands we're trying yeah. to be sustainable at Utrecht as well and this just huge Primark. Yeah, you know, huge yeah. Primark was yeah. open I was like what? Yeah. like yeah. is I'm this for real? and then everyone is shopping there every day yeah. I see everyone with no. the no, it's true that influence almost you see a few more influencers that are getting a little bit more sustainable but yeah there's still a lot of people exactly yeah. and to be honest Primark I'm no, <laughs> <laughs> no Primark I'm, I'm I don't, yeah, what I've seen until now, what I know of them, that's not, yeah, not really fan of, fan of it. Zara, in some ways, doesn't do that bad. How they do just you produce too much. Well, they're really a front runner in terms of RFID technology. While, um, like, H&M was still producing bulk, 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 so lower prices, etc. Zara was already using RFID so, so they could better track their clothes, also what styles they actually um, sell. And then, based just like a reformation, based on the styles they sell, they would um, just produce more of the styles that do really good and don't produce more. So they also start start off with small batches and produce actually more. And um, that also uh, led to, actually, it's more of an efficiency thing for them, maybe, than a sustainability thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's why I'm not so a fan, because you can do that because out of, like, a, a profitable perspective, an efficient perspective and a sustainability perspective, I think that Zara is more an efficiency thing. Also, because they have less sale, so that means that they sell more uh, in a regular price range and have less sale because they already... Sold yeah, it. but they have a so new collection every week as no, well. No, that's true. So no, so they don't really do. They yeah, don't but they, yeah. but they, they, what they do good is that they have better. Um, they do manage their inventory pretty well. Yeah. If you have organic uh, dresses and you don't manage your inventory very well, and you have all these organic dresses that are not sold. Yeah, true. Then 
what's the point? Yeah. Then there what? Yeah. Then what? What's the point? So it has sustainability has really multiple layers on what what's good. So that does Sarah do very well, and they have like the what I've been told by one of uh, a sustainable expert that is really in that field. So I haven't seen it myself, but I'm just repeating what he said because all these brands have, of course, their basic lines. Um, and those get produced like a lot, and they have their their, their styles yeah. that differ every yeah. year. And Zara partly have a lot of basics they do all in China. I don't know what in what circumstances, but a lot of things that are more uh, stylish they actually uh, produce just in Europe. Yeah, they produce a lot of Europe in this small. Oh, area. I, I, I never well. saw a label like produced somewhere in Europe actually. Really? From Zara. From Zara? Sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I've never seen it. I usually see like a uh, designed in and yeah. produced. You know, but like I actually I produce in Bangladesh, yeah. Morocco. Yeah. No, they also have, they also they also do clothes well, in, uh, in Spain. They also yeah, exactly. I've, I've never I actually for like months I haven't purchased Zara. Oh no, I'm neither. super proud yeah. of myself. Yeah. Months, so maybe now they started doing yeah. it. No, but, but I've no, never they do it all the time. But I agree, they have too many collections, and they also the focus on the material use. I mean that it's not up to par, but there are a few things that there are yeah. that are. You have to admit also, there are a few things that you could, and that's their inventory management. Yeah, but yeah. Like, just like compare Bangladesh with uh, other countries, because I mean, Bangladesh is like the worst of the no, worst. No, I know, I know, of course. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, from the pieces that I had yeah. in Zara, it was Bangladesh, Morocco, yeah. uh, Philippines, yeah. and something yeah. else. Yeah. And the bad thing is also, sometimes, you know, if it's not that every factory in Bangladesh is per definition bad, so it's really complex. But it is, we kind of, if you look at the history, like, or in the 1950s, we're actually still producing in the Netherlands, and then the workers were treated so bad they got like no protests, and then everything shipped to um, to China. And actually, there's lost produ- produ- uh, production now in China because China's already getting too expensive. Workers are you know getting more rights, so they shift to Bangladesh and those countries. And now they're actually like uh, H&M opened also factories in Ethiopia, like in Africa. So at the moment, I'm like. You got all these continents, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, I mean, it's, I don't think it would be better in Ethiopia. It's like they're just like yeah. accessing a new country yeah. to it's just like ex- yeah, and to like less, slave people. Yeah, it's less less laws also. So uh, so there are definitely things not good. On the other hand, there are also a few things they do really well. But um, like what? Yeah, I'm like well, <laughs> well they're trying to sell well, themselves as sustainable, but yeah, like, no, they're not. No. I think it was actually I think it was Sweden that they actually got the. Um, um, there were this there conference. Were yeah. There were this conference. Remember, like a few years ago, that they like uh, specialists were like questioning them. Like uh, they called themselves sustainable, so they were really questioning uh, questioning yeah. them. And the responses of this woman who is responsible for it were like ridiculous. Like excuses. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. that's for most of the brands. Like, yeah, but why would you? Why would you like say I'm sustainable? No, if you're gonna do that as H H&M, and Yeah, yeah, as an H and M. And like prove it to people who like, dude, like everything. Screams you're not. They did do something good, but not that much. No, it's interesting. One thing that you just mentioned right now. I'm sorry, like I barged through, guys. My apologies. Uh, But one of the things that you mentioned uh, when I just first first barged in was that uh, that yeah that it's also important how you manage your uh, supply chain to make sure that you don't end up with a whole bunch of organic material because then that's not sustainable either. So basically, you're actually like uh, uh, increasing massively your inventory with uh, organic material that's not been sold, and at the end, it's going to go into the garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, what did you do? 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's it's about the materials and it's also about how you mentioned you know that you don't have too much waste left or not unsold stuff left. So it has all these multiple layers and you see that a lot of companies, you know, few do this quite well, few do this alright, but there's nobody who does, does the well. whole cycle. Yeah. And it's also um, like the inventory management. It's it's also an efficiency. So you if you if if you do your inventory management better, of course you're more profitable because you've sold all your your stock and if you haven't sold all your stock you're of course you're less profitable so sometimes it's also what's the, the drives behind it is it just you know making more profit or is it because you really want to contribute to a better world um and um yeah with, with sarah i sometimes i've always read not always i've read some of their reports and i i wasn't that convinced about their there, yeah, like honest commitment to to a better world. With H and M, I'm a little bit more a little bit more positive. It's um, really? I'm a little bit more positive. I heard it's like the the biggest polluter in the industry. Uh, I'm not sure if they the, the biggest. I don't. I have a bit of pressure from Zara because uh, back in Brazil, uh, I remember in Sao Paulo, this is about five years ago. They were discovered. They discovered that Zara was actually. Uh, manufacturing things in this uh, like sector of the city and they were literally locking up like Bolivian uh, workers and they were just producing there and they would only like let them out like once they had oh, achieved like their, their I mean it's it's, it's, yeah. it's bizarre and then people really look at this brand as you know something that's worthwhile having and then they completely forget about this story so that was pretty bad actually that is bad uh, And on that, we have come to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for all these useful insights. Uh, we will put also her short biography and links to uh, Our World and uh, magazine and platform as well. And if anyone has any questions or comments, make sure to leave them below. Thank you. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.